Irvine, California. The views on this show are not necessarily the views of KUCI, UCI, or Border Regents. To learn more about our programs on KUCI, log on to KUCI.org. My name is Ann. You're listening to Operation Community Stimulus. You can always reach me through my website, which is OperationCommunityStimulus.com. Would love to have comments or feedback on, on any suggestions you might have as well. We are going to be sharing some information with listeners today from Dan Dugo. Yes. Thank you so much. Uh, you have a very interesting past and present and future, no doubt, huh? Thank you very much. <laughs> and you, you as well, I'm sure, and everybody else listening. <laughs> Dan, could you share with our listeners, I know that you, you've worked for some top country companies, excuse me, companies doing motivational speaking. Is that training? What, what's been your background? Yes, good, good question. I've, I've done uh, on, the, on the sales training end. I've worked with Tom Hopkins, who is a uh, sales trainer. And I've, t- I've worked with Anthony Robbins, who is an empowerment coach mm-hmm. and a self-help teacher and uh, philosopher and many other things. Hard to kind of explain. But I've learned a lot and, I, and I've done a lot and I've improved a lot. And I love sharing uh, my message with people to improve their business and their life as well. How did you get into doing um, something like this? Because, you know, it, it takes a... I'm very big and a huge fan of, of positive thinking, I guess, is kind of what you... Sure. message that you... Big that, piece of it, yeah. Yeah, because I guess it's your brain. You can think however you want with it, huh? <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> what, what was the driving force for you to, to reach out to, to start studying, you know, these, this kind of um, positive stuff? For me, actually, unfortunately, it was a, I'd love to have a positive story to, to, to drive that, but it was actually a rough story. Mm-hmm. So I grew up in a rough, rough part of town, rough, <laughs> rough family, rough neighborhood, uh, rough finances, rough everything. Mm-hmm. And um, definitely school of hard knocks. And I've learned that uh, there are ways that we can change our thinking, our programming, that we're not stuck with our life experiences or our life teachings if they weren't healthy ones or positive ones. That there are actually methods and teachers and books and tapes and seminars and things out there that can help us to improve our thinking, our emotions, our our relationships, our health, our business, our finances. And it just, I was naturally pulled to it because I wanted to do better. I wanted to have a better life because I figured if this is, <laughs> if this is all there is, you know, what's the point of being here? You know, and I, and I realized that there's a better way, there's a better path. And is, there's infinite possibilities in, in a sense of, of what we can achieve and create. What, um, share with our listeners exactly where you grew up at. New York City, Brooklyn, New York. And, um, wow. you, you know, like anything else, it's a... Uh, we have it in us, you know, and that when we when we came from there, and yet I'm also a Californian now, mm-hmm, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and I love both the East Coast and the West Coast culture. That's so. no, I I do too. But I think I belong in the West Coast more. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. No, so the Bronx, I'm trying to picture uh, that. Brooklyn. I, Brooklyn. Yeah, Greenpoint, Brooklyn. I don't understand what I mean. What 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 we always hear about Brooklyn, and 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 I've been to New York, but I don't even know. Uh, I was younger. Is Brooklyn like in the city or? Yeah, well, the, what they say is New York City has five boroughs. Okay. So Brooklyn is one of those five boroughs. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like sub, sub-cities, you mm-hmm. can say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So there's Staten Island, the Bronx, Queens, New York, I mean, New York City, which is Manhattan, Brooklyn. Yeah. So it's a little bit different than California, huh? Absolutely. <laughs> totally different world. Well, I'm from Indiana, yeah. and people always say, do you like, don't you like Indiana better than California? And I always say, no, I just like it different. 
Yes, there's no way to, yeah. it's hard to say, it's mm -hmm. hard to put a finger on it, but uh, it, they're all great in their own way. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, there are certain great uh, strengths to New York City, and there are certain great strengths to California. Absolutely, and, uh, and in between. And Orange County, <laughs> and, and many in-betweens, yes. That's cute, Absolutely. that's cute. Well, I understand that you've had a lot of success, and, and you understand the concept behind business marketing and, and doing stuff in the community. I actually interviewed the guy who... In, who um, created barefoot uh it's a, it's a brand of, of wine and they, their their whole company was based on uh doing cause marketing and you know i i know that you've got some knowledge on on the importance of of doing stuff in the community so sure. can you share and on you? marketing as well okay good. so um i th i tend to be what they call a person driven for con contribution yeah, of course, we want to take care of ourselves and, and, and all that and be successful in our own way. But there's something more that drives us. And for me, contributions is, is important. And whether it be small area community or a bigger country or world or whatever it might be. Um, and a lot of, I, I see a theme. I see people changing, the community changing, the landscape changing, where people are looking or realizing that I want to, there's more to life than just having the nice cars and, and a great house and my own jet. And, it's, and I, don't have that, I don't have the jet yet or anything like that, but I understand those who do. You know, and I've been around a lot of people that do. So the thing is, they realize that, hey, there's, there's something more to this, and what can I do to contribute? Because I want to feel that I'm serving a, a more important purpose or, or helping others. So I even in the marketing realm now, we're seeing a shift where people are going from just giving money to a company that does marketing to realizing, wait a minute, I can, and, and get a great value for it, I can also give that money to a company or an organization or a foundation that also will do marketing for me and the money's helping somebody in the community that really needs it. So it's a, it, verse before might be a win-win, the company's getting my money and I'm getting a service, here it's a win-win-win. Because it's a triple win because I'm getting a service, they're getting the contribution they need, and other people are getting helped. So it works, it works much better, and a lot more people are moving towards who, what companies can I give or organizations can I give money to that I know is helping something is helping something in the neighborhood or, or the country or the world. Well, I know for me, I started, gosh, I think we've all, everybody does something in way, one way, shape, or another, but I think it was around 1990, 91, when I first moved to California, I was having a lousy day. So I volunteered at the Marine base that we had to build a six-sided table and a skateboard jump ramp with the kids. And some of the kids said, because we had Domino's gave us pizzas and Ralph gave us cookies and juice and, and stuff and soda is for the kids and some of the kids were like the only reason they're here is for the pizza I said don't matter they're here right you Just know yeah. yeah so even if a business I mean you know it is a new it is a newer concept for a business to reach out and do something for for a cause and, and it's, it's a great idea absolutely and all it takes is a change of thinking where before we were kind of stuck on a track of this is how business mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. and it's all business and then eventually people started realizing wait a minute there's a bigger picture mm -hmm. we can do business and have that and also do good with that and it's a, it's a concept that's really growing and catching on because it helps people to feel 
fulfilled on top of doing business. Right, right, right. No, I, that totally makes sense to me. So now, you have done seminars, I mean, through um, group seminars. Is that kind of how you structure your, your business, or one-on-one, or both? Or both, actually. Or yeah, both. that's a good question. Uh, I've done both. I tend, to, I tend to do better with bigger groups, so I'm a group speaker. Uh, where I know some of my colleagues, you know, my people that do the same as me, my friends and, and all that, they, um, some of them are great one-on-one. And, I've done, and I do do both. I tend to get more, the, it seems like the bigger the audience, the bigger the energy I bring, and it works out better for everyone. Uh, so I'm kind of driven, I'm kind of wired, I think, for big audiences. And um, I've done small groups, and I've done large groups. And I just love sharing information. It feels like it's a, you know, you can't shut me up once you get me going, as you, as you might be able to tell already a little bit. <laughs> so, and there's so much knowledge in this head you know, I just want to share. It's um, amazing how these brains work, isn't it? I mean, the way they dissect everything that we have our, um, uh, it's like, how much more can we get into this head? <laughs> Absolutely. So, now what about, what about whenever you first started doing this, was there a fear of doing public speaking at first? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's, in fact, I had left my career, I had a con- small construction company in New York, and I had left that to get into uh, my first job with Tom Hopkins, which a friend had got me. And I was actually for a promoter for Tom Hopkins. And what got, I was actually really, really nervous because I had never did speaking and I didn't like getting up in front of groups. And, and of course, he encouraged me because he was in, big into the self-help movement and I had already gotten into improving your life and, and, and reading and all that. And with that, it teaches, it, it teaches, hey, just go out there, just trust yourself, you know, have faith in yourself and higher power, whatever you believe in, to guide you that it's going to be fine, that you're going to do it okay. And I took that leap of faith, and I tend to be a risk taker in that way anyway. I'll just, I, it seems like I'm taking blind shots, but I'm not. I know I can do it, mm-hmm. and that's the difference. And what it is, I'll, and I just packed up, I sold everything, I packed up, I gave up my business, and I moved out of moved to go work with uh, this promoter, doing this promotion for Tom Hopkins, and I never spoke in front of groups. So here it is, I go out on one of my first meetings, I speak in front of three people, and I actually turned red. <laughs> and I, my brain went blank, I had a speaking fear I wasn't aware of, and all of a sudden became aware of. And I got up and I had the whole thing, I had the bullet points memorized for the seven steps, seven steps to the sale, and I get up there to, to share this with the group, and I had like a couple points, you know, came out well, and all of a sudden my brain went blank as I was getting nervous as they're looking at me and I'm thinking, they're wondering what, what's coming next and am I doing good and I'm wondering, all these things and then I just started going blank, uh, like, uh-oh, and then I'm looking at the paper again and I'm fumbling with the notes and, uh, and I'm trying to look like I have it down pat and all of a sudden, you know, I'm starting to turn red because I'm realizing, oh my God, I'm fumbling here and they're looking at me, you know, and I'm like, oh my God, and I'm going through this, it was a disaster, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but it was a good training ground. And I actually left there thinking, what did I do? I have just left my whole, bi- my whole business and everything, and I don't even know if I can do this. But there's always, but at the same time, there's this inner drive in me, this inner knowing in me that says, don't worry about it, you'll figure it out and you'll do it. And next meeting went a little smoother. Mm-hmm. And then actually, it was interesting, because I was wondering if I can really do the speaking thing or not. And then once I got to like my third or fourth meeting in, in real estate offices and things like that, once I got it and I had that confidence of that I knew what I was talking about, then it just flowed and I actually turned the tide from fumbling and not getting any sales of, of tickets to these to these groups to actually having a very high ratio of sales and tickets like 
you know, 7 out of 12 or, or you know, 7 out of 11, and it was, which is a very high ratio for sales, especially just starting out. So I realized that it wasn't the speaking. It was just me getting comfortable with speaking. And for me, it was that I had a, it wasn't being in front of the group. It was knowing that I knew what I was talking about. Mm-hmm. that I had this script down or whatever I needed to down. And then at one point, I actually got away from the script and just started speaking from my, my own mind, you know, in spirit. And that's what flowed the best. Wow. And that's when I closed the most amount of sales, when I just put the script aside and just delivered whatever <laughs> popped in my head. And I was a little ADD about it, but, which is, but it's fine because they got the message, they got the inspiration, they, they got that, that they can do better in their life, that mm-hmm. there's more for them out there, that they can just have to reach for it and be willing to think outside the box and, and trust themselves and that there's people willing to help them to do that. And I was one of them. So now was this, was this for a business or for professional, pr- professional development or personal development more so that, that, you know, for, that you did when you first started? When I first started, the theme was more business because it was more sales training, how to close sales and, and, th- and build your business. But you really, the deeper I got into it, the more I realized you cannot separate the two. Because if you do great in, in business and in sales or in, or in finances, it affects your health. You can buy better foods. You can hire a fitness coach. You can do more things that you couldn't do before. And you can have better relationships and less stress and be more present when you're home with your family, not worrying about how am I going to pay the rent or, or the mortgage in, in two weeks. So it affects everything. And the same way, the other way around, when you do better with your health and your energy, your brain works better. You have more ideas, more creativity, more enthusiasm, more drive to go out there and work and prospect more and, and to close more sales. and So you can't separate either of them. And it's, that's one, probably one of the greatest lessons I got from this work. Hmm. How many meetings did you have to do in the beginning before you got comfortable speaking? It was probably, I'm going to say maybe 10 to 15 before it was really confident, really comfortable. Cause I actually, and then I realized I actually loved it. And <laughs> you couldn't shut me up. <laughs> That was the funny thing. The thing I thought I was definitely afraid of. It wasn't the speaking. It was actually knowing what felt, feeling that I knew what I was doing. That it's okay. And that I can get out of, I had, and then I learned about this later on. There's a, if we're in our, in our head as we're speaking, worrying about what they're thinking, then that's when, that's when we're in this state of fear and, 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 and discomfort, discomfort rather. And yet when we get, stay present, in ourself and not worrying about what they're thinking but just being present to what I'm delivering that I'm what I'm speaking about and forget about what they're thinking then it just flows and then then you couldn't shut me up and <laughs> literally <laughs> drag me off stage sometimes so and I just loved you know it was just a passion then I realized this is a passion for me I love doing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. No, that, it's definitely... Uh, the reason I ask is I used to work in MLM, as you know, back, gosh, I don't know, 20 years ago, whatever. And when I trained, I would tell these young people, because it was mainly college students, if you have to talk to 25 people to get comfortable, when are you going to do it? Right. You know, you have to get... You have to be willing. But it's sad... Because, you know, training salespeople to me would be like the ultimate thing because it's the salespeople that actually drive an entire company. When I go into companies that don't like their salespeople, it's just like, you know, my sister's not into sales. She's, she's a nurse, and she is the national director for a large assisted living company. And she said, I can't sell, but I respect my salespeople. Right. She realized the value in them. And I, and I think that's also part of the culture that's changing, too. A, a lot of it, I, from my perspective in the old days with companies, was that they would look at their, 
look at the system as the management is the most important piece, and sometimes it is in certain contexts, and that the there wasn't a value for the sales team or even the, or the janitor even. And I I look at it from a bigger perspective, and I think that's changing in, out there in the world as well. That both sides, if you would, the management team, the company, and then the people that run it and do all the other work are equally important because neither could be there without the other. Right, <laughs> so, right, right, right. So, and the sales does bring in the life. It's the lifeblood of the business is well, the sales. Well, I, I mean, I don't know, but I kind of feel like, I don't know, maybe you can elaborate more on it. Do you, don't you think this, the, the old time salespeople, you know, you know, the, the old, they used to call them the old used car salespeople or whatever will, you know, do, say anything. I think those days are over with. I think consumers are more savvy to not pushing people. Yes, absolutely. Uh, the, the, the landscape is changing tremendously in sales. And if we don't, if, if individuals and sales, you know, sales people, individual salespeople and companies don't move with the changes, they will get left behind. It's just, it's just mm -hmm. evolution. It's just progression. And what happens is we, now we're learning that there are so many strategies and teachers out there for understanding personality types even. Because certain personality types you can be one way with, but if you said that to the wrong one, then they're, they're going to walk out or just not buy the product or service. So you have to be able to be flexible, where flexibility is the key. And uh, that wasn't a very, uh, it was a scarce commodity in the old days, <laughs> flexible thinking. <laughs> where today, it's, if you don't flex, you, you're going you're to be left behind. So um, yes, the, the, the old hammer doesn't always work anymore. Yeah. And uh, now we have to build, we have to build communication. We have mm -hmm. to build um, rapport with the people that we're working with and, and talking with. And we have to care. We have to really be authentic and we have to care. Uh, because they can sense, they're able to sense and hear and feel that something's off about this. This person's just trying to kind of make a sale. And they shut down. Hmm, maybe cause marketing should be renamed care marketing, huh? There you go. <laughs> Write that down. <laughs> go, to, go, to, go to GoDaddy right away and get that domain. Yeah, get that care marketing. Yeah, yeah, that's cute. No, I do. I think, I remember when my children were younger, I would say if you're having a really rotten day, put a smile on your face. You might brighten up somebody else's and it might hit you and boomerang and make your day better too. And my daughter, even when she was in middle school, her, her counselor, who uh, I knew very well, said, said, you know, they are all talking about your daughter's smile at, at school. And, you know, smiles will take you places that, you know, care. And if they're, they're genuine, so I, don't think, I, don't think, I don't know if a person could fake a smile. I guess they could. You know, but, but you got to be, you got to care. People, what is it though saying? They people can sense if it's fake too. <laughs> well, and people don't. What is it? They they don't care how much you know how much you care. They don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yes. Yeah. That and that's the new theme. That's mm -hmm. that's. It's like we're the world is changing, mm -hmm. and we have to start doing something more caring about our community because the community mm -hmm. matters. Mm -hmm. And we mm -hmm. can be, we can be, even if our household is great, you know. What about, the, what about our neighbors? Because if our neighbors aren't doing great, then it's going to affect us directly or indirectly anyway. We can't get away from that connection anymore. Those bullets don't stay away, do they? They don't. They penetrate, don't yes. they? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I, I've always said that if we want these babies to quit killing and stealing, we need to teach them something better because if they've been born into a family that didn't give them what they need and deserve, we better pick up those pieces. Yes. You know, so we are essentially our brother's keepers then, I guess. Yeah, I guess yeah, you could say yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So where do you see yourself going? Do you, do you uh, see yourself more leaning towards helping businesses, sales? Um, you mentioned earlier that you wouldn't mind venturing out to helping young people with a little motivation positive. 
you know, positive thinking? Sure. I think all of the above. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I used to I used to be geared more towards uh, working with people on emotions and health and, and things like that and just changing, getting over adversity, which um, I still have a pa big passion for. I've been moving more recently towards business and sales and finances because I'm realizing that that actually was my weakness. <laughs> so it's like, you, can save, you can't save the whole world if you, you know, can't feed yourself. And I've been having a lot of awareness around that. And, I, and I've been moving more towards, yeah, I mean, I, and I've had ups and downs with both. I've done great financially as well and had you know, ups and downs with that. The thing is, um, right now I feel more compelled to talk about how do we turn our finances around? How do we build our finances? And because what we do in our individual life, I'm realizing will affect our immediate community and greater community and world as well. And um, that's my new passion. That's awesome. In fact, I might even just start focusing on teaching wealth, mm -hmm. wealth, money, business mm -hmm. strategies. Because mm -hmm. I have a lot of knowledge in that realm as well. Mm -hmm. I just wasn't using it. Isn't it odd, though, how, I mean, for me, if I don't like to do something, I turn it into a challenge and do it until I do like to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That helps very much. I, I don't know if that's good or bad, but that's just how I operate. Somebody wants to have something done, they just need to tell me that it can't be done. <laughs> then it's done. <laughs> I'm kind of actually the same way. It's like, don't yeah. tell me Come that. Come on. Tell me I can't do it. <laughs> what do you mean? Are you saying that I'm stupid or what? <laughs> right. Interesting. No, I do. And I, it drives us. Mm -hmm, it can drive us. So. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what got me into bricking houses. Is I was told that I couldn't do it, so I has you know don't tell me I can't do it, you know. And sometimes that's all it takes is that little shift in perception, mm -hmm. because there could be I'm sure there's people out there right now that people tell them they can't do things and it just beats them down. They don't even bother trying. And then there's other those others like you and I that give it a little twist and saying you know what I'm going to make this a challenge. And sometimes sometimes we're able to do that consciously from learning these strategies or, or philosophies or, or mindsets or sometimes we just know how to do that innately that we say hey we're going to shift this around I'll show you that I can't do it and that's what's driven some of the top achievers in the world the overachievers to do amazing things that even science said was not capable that they were not capable of doing wow no that's, that's just a little shift mm -hmm. in perception well, and as a, as a home builder, I was a licensed contractor in California. You could imagine what I went through 35, 40 years ago in Indiana. You know, it was not as, it was just not And a woman. <laughs> Jeez. And used just my kids. Wow. And all three of my kids went on and made tons of money at a young age and lost tons of money at a young age and had their ups and downs like you and I and everybody else. Right. So it is. I think it's it was the attitude back then was get lost, little girl, and take your kids with you, which I did. And you know, it it was hard, but you know, if you keep persevering, you know, just if it doesn't work one way, somebody will say, "Oh, that didn't work. I'm not going to try that again." You know, just because it doesn't work once, I don't guess means it's not going to work the next time, right. huh? And, if, and actually, if you look at, and that's a great value to have, a great way of thinking to have. If you look at some of the greatest thinkers and achievers or scientists or inventors of our time uh, they've one of the basic principles or belief systems that they had was that they always kept doing it even though they were failing it's apparently at, at achieving it and um, I, Thomas Edison I believe it was a thousand and nine times before I was he waiting for you to give me a break to say that I've been to his house <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> I've got thousands of these stories <laughs> 
uh, metaphors and you know it's, it helps me drive me as well and I realized because I didn't know this if they would have taught this in school when I was you know in fourth grade I think I'd be at a totally different destination right now mm-hmm. and I, that's one of the things I'm driven for for long term is to changing our educational system mm-hmm. to inspire kids because you have to get them when their brain is still molding between zero and eight years old uh, the problem is we wait till they get to college or Ivy League colleges to tell them s- select few people select knowledge and that I don't think it's a very good system. I think if we were to teach people even basic inspiration that, hey, listen, if you failed at something, don't worry. Thomas Edison took a thousand and nine times before he mm-hmm. created the light bulb and he did it. And he said all those times, I never failed. I just found another way it didn't work. And imagine if we taught that to fourth graders. I visited his house in Fort Myers, Florida. He has a, had a summer home there, and there was nothing. There was no one more. There was that was one of the incredible experiences of my life, was walking through his, uh, seeing all the little, you know, everything there was just like amazing. Seeing all of his invention, the cot that he slept on in between, trying to. So it, it really inspired me. You just say, oh, that way didn't work. Let's bring on another way. Wow. Yeah, it's powerful just to just to experience that. Yeah, I want to hear people give give up, give up. I'm like, you know, that's the saddest thing that a parent can do to their children, isn't it? And to themselves. Yeah, it's that inner that inner voice. Mm-hmm. We're we're our biggest critic and our biggest obstacle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think um, I was I was I'm grateful to this day still that the biggest shift for me in my life was realizing that I can change my thinking, that I can change that voice, mm-hmm. and I can use it to empower me and to drive me. And that's where, um, that's where the, the whole work I did with Anthony Robbins just really shifted my life. And, it's, yeah. I, just, and I've, I just love studying these things, and there's always so much more out there. I never know everything. And um, I just keep studying, keep doing it. I'm still breaking through my own, you know, further levels of, of uh, things I need to break through. And it's, it's like peeling an onion. A continuous process. A big onion. <laughs> <laughs> and some onions are worse than others. Not that they're big, but I mean, it's just like there's so Some onions are so bigger than others. Yeah. Yeah. That's, oh, yeah. That's really, no, that is awesome. No, I read Think and Grow Rich when my youngest son was around five or six years old. And it, I mean, it cost me a lot, but you know what? What I lost, what it cost me was worth losing. My husband threw the book at me and, you know, he thought that was just really awful that I was reading. I'm like, duh, why, you know, like, you made, you made an analogy of, of crabs that, that, you know, crawling out of the, yes, Mexican crabs. Mexican crabs. Can you, can, can you share that with us? (laughs) Yeah, this is a, this is a big piece of the puzzle because, or the picture, and the thing is, there's a great metaphor about Mexican crabs. And if you take Mexican crabs and you put them in a bucket, they actually, you'll watch them. One of them will try to start crawling out of the bucket, and the other ones reach up and grab it and pull it back down. And they'll keep doing this to each other for hours and hours and days and days, and none of them will escape the bucket. And it's interesting, there's something in their programming that tells them to do that. And the reason it's used as a metaphor in my industry is that, um, or your industry, (laughs) all our industries, (laughs) is that uh, there are people around us, and it it may not mean that they're bad people. It just means, for whatever reason, there's something in their programming that tells them that when we start crawling out of the bucket, there's something in them that wants to pull us back down in the bucket to stay with them, to say, hey, don't go, don't read that book. Oh, don't go to that seminar. Don't start your own business. You know, just go get a city job or whatever it is. And they mean well. They really do. And I think what happens is something innately in them that, and it could be a fear about 
them losing us. It could be a lot of things, and I've studied a lot of different angles of this, and I don't think it's just one simple answer, but there is something there, and uh, we need to realize that that could be part of our motivation. Maybe part of our challenge is to build our claws you know, strong enough to get, or what are the, is that what crabs have? Claws or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> to get out of that bucket to pull away from the crabs that are pulling us down, and maybe that's the challenge. So maybe they're there for a purpose, not to hold us back, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. to put pressure on us to build us stronger to get out. Half cup, half full or half empty. So how you see it. Well, and we're out of time. So I do want you to give a shout out for contact information for listeners to business owners, whoever might want to reach out to you. Absolutely. Uh, my website is dandugo.com. That's D-A-N-D-U-G-O.com. And my number here is 858 729 3493 if you want to give me a call and tell me something nice. And it sounds to me like you've been in San Diego then too. <laughs> I have been, absolutely, I love it all. <laughs> okay, you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California. The views on the show are not necessarily the views of KUCI, UCI, or its border regions. To learn more about our programs, log on to KUCI.org and any feedback, please contact me through operationcommunitystimulus.com.